0: I'm wondering this morning if Jesus had ever heard any of Aesop's fables. I know you've heard some of them at some point in your life. Aesop was a storyteller who lived between 620 B.C. and 564 B.C. So he was born more than 600 years before Jesus. Aesop told fables that were short and fictitious but useful and they say true to nature. Well, true to nature perhaps except for the fact that in them could be found a lot of talking animals. Usually there was a moral at the end. Aesop's fables originally belonged to the oral tradition, which means they were passed on for generation to generation and from place to place by word of mouth. They weren't collected until three centuries after Aesop's death, but that's still 300 years before Jesus. Jesus was a storyteller. Had he ever heard any of Aesop's fables, I wonder? Aesop lived 600 years before Jesus and then became even more famous 300 years before Jesus when a collection of his stories were put together by a man named Demetrius, an Athenian orator and statesman of the fourth century B.C. He collected these fables into a set of six, excuse me, 10 books for the use of orators, public speakers. And they included everything attributed to Aesop from the oral tradition in the way of animal fables, fictitious anecdotes, ideological or satirical myths, possibly even any proverb or joke, and was considered the official Aesop 300 years before Jesus, but we don't have a copy of that book anymore today. Even so, Jesus may have heard some of them after they'd circulated all around the Greco-Roman world, all around the Mediterranean Sea. Initially, Aesop's fables were addressed to adults and covered religious, social, and political themes, They were also put to use as ethical guides, and later were particularly used for the education of children. Jesus' method of teaching was the parable, not so different from a fable, also a simple story with a moral attached. A man named Apollonius of Tyana, a first century A.D. philosopher who lived when Jesus lived, said this about Aesop. Like those who dine well off the plainest dishes, Aesop made use of humble incidents to teach great truths. And after serving up a story, he adds to it the advice to do a thing or not to do a thing. Then, too, he was really more attached to truth than the poets are. For the poets do violence to their own stories in order to make them probable. But Aesop, by announcing a story which everyone knows not to be true, told the truth by the very fact that he did not claim to be relating real events. The parables of Jesus, like the fables of Aesop, use humble items or incidents to teach great truths. Jesus spoke Aramaic, the language of the common people, who lived in the Holy Land when Jesus taught and preached. Jesus clearly read Hebrew, illustrated by the fact that at the beginning of his ministry, he's handed the book of Isaiah to read in the synagogue, and then he announces the fulfillment of that prophecy. Jesus certainly knew Greek, because Jesus interacted with the Gentiles, who were called simply the Greeks, and engaged in dialogue with them outside the borders of the Holy Land. Greek was the lingua franca, the common language of the whole Mediterranean world, all around the Mediterranean Sea. And Jesus probably was also conversant in Latin, the language of the Roman Empire. Taken before the governor from Rome, Pontius Pilate, certainly Jesus was questioned in Latin, And then Jesus was crucified by the Romans on a cross with a Latin heading, I-N-R-I. Jesus of Nazareth, R for rex, the Latin word for king, of the Jews. So what might might Jesus have heard or learned from the world of storytelling around him? In the Aramaic speaking Hebrew Hebrew reading, Greek exposed and Latin condemned life. One fable by Aesop goes like this One moonlit night, a fox was prowling around a farmer's chicken coop and saw a hen roosting high up beyond his reach. Good news, good news, the fox cried out to the hen. "'Why, what is that?' asked the hen. "'King Lion has declared a universal truce,' "'falsely,' claimed the fox. "'No beast may hurt another henceforth, "'but all shall dwell together in brotherly friendship.'" "'Why, that is good news,' said the hen. "'And I see someone coming,' she continued, "'with whom we can share this good news.'" So saying, she craned her neck forward and looked far off. What is it you see, said the fox? It's my master's dog coming toward us. The hen continued as the fox began to turn away. What, going so soon? Will you not stop and congratulate the dog on this reign of universal peace? The fox said, I would gladly do so, but I fear the dog may not have heard of King Lion's decree. Morals associated with this fable include, a trickster is often tricked. Episcopal priest Dana Ashley tells that Aesop fable and notes that there are parallels between this fable and our gospel lesson today. Herod is the fox, Jesus is the hen, perhaps John the Baptist is the dog, and King Lion is, of course, God. Although the fox lied to the hen about King Lion's supposed decree of universal peace, we know a true story from Jesus. The truth is that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus starts with Herod the Fox in today's Gospel lesson. This is Herod Antipas, the son of King Herod the Great. Herod Antipas is the King Herod of Jesus' adult life, although Herod Antipas never officially was allowed his father's title of king. Herod Antipas was simply a tetrarch, a ruler of one-fourth of his father's kingdom. Jesus is warned that Herod Antipas is out to get him, just as Herod Antipas' father, Herod the Great, had been out to get Jesus at his birth. It's interesting that Jesus is here warned by some Pharisees, warned by Pharisees. Not all of them were bad. Warned by Pharisees to get away. Later we'll see the Apostle Paul say, I am a Pharisee. The good Pharisees say, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus responds, Go tell that fox this. In Greek literature, the fox is proverbially clever. In the Old Testament, the fox is clearly destructive. Jesus is not intimidated by this Herod the fox and is undeterred in his ministry. To the Pharisees, Jesus outlines his ministries. First, Jesus says he's casting out demons. Second, Jesus demonstrably is performing cures. Third, Jesus tells us that he's doing these things today and tomorrow, and then he points ahead to his crucifixion and resurrection, when he adds, "On the third day, I finish my work." And fourth, Jesus says, "I must be on my way." Jesus knows where he is going. He's going on to Jerusalem, and Jesus knows what happens in Jerusalem. Prophets are killed, and those whom God sends are stoned. That's what those Pharisees can go back to tell Herod, that fox. The old Proverbs and the ancient fables, the fox in a possibly positive evaluation, is cunning and clever, from a negative point of view, is wily and untrustworthy. Herod's all four of those things. And of course, don't let that destructive fox get into the hen house. That's the image that Jesus uses next. It's an image Jesus applies to himself. As a hen gathers her brood under her wings. Jesus is that hen with the brood, he tells us. Look with me at this image Jesus offers as he heads for Jerusalem this Lent. First, the image that Jesus applies to him of the hen here is motherly. We were familiar with the expression, mother hen long before we spoke of helicopter parents. The mother hen lays her eggs, the mother hen hatches her chicks, the mother hen loves her children. Mother Hen Jesus loves all the children of the world. Second, the image that Jesus applies here to himself is compassionate. The Mother Hen shelters her brood under her wings, no doubt to keep warm those whom she loves. Mother Hen Jesus cares for each one of us and longs to dwell in our hearts to warm them. Third, the image that Jesus applies to himself here of the mother hen is protective. Now, a hen might not be the first thing that pops into your mind when you're looking for a protective animal. You probably would sooner imagine a lion, or if a bird, at least a fierce bird of prey, something with talons. Yet the lonely chicken is the image Jesus uses to demonstrate this relationship between himself and us, between God and us. The mother hen keeps us safe in the nest, concealed underneath her downy wings, behind the heart that beats beneath her vulnerable breast. The Reverend Dana Ashley, who told us the parable identifying Herod as the fox and God as the lion king, And Jesus, as that mother hen, tells us there's power in this image, power with strength in its vulnerability and with relationship. She says that compared with other metaphors in the Bible, shepherd, potter, bread of life, father, the mother hen is quite different. There's something very ordinary, isn't there? Yet, perhaps, profound about a mother hen. Themes of protection and safety are all over this metaphor. And it's worth noting that a mother hen can be quite a fierce defender of her children if they're ever in danger. If you're a parent, you know that you'd do anything to protect your kids. Jesus longs to protect us. Fourth, Finally, this image Jesus applies to himself here is self-sacrificing. With her brood hidden under her wings, the mother hen would offer herself sacrificially to the fox who comes calling, hunting, out for a kill. The mother hen will make a self-sacrifice to save her children. For sure, that is what Jesus is on his way to do for us. He offers himself in sacrifice, a sacrifice to save all of us who are his children. In Lent we head with Jesus to Jerusalem and we hear his lament over that city of God. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. And in Lent we hear his promise to us in his cry, how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But you are not willing. First Christian, first Christian, Charleston, Charleston, Jesus, motherly, compassionate, protective, self-sacrificing Jesus desires to gather us as a hen gathers children under her wings. Let's be willing to let Jesus do that for us this Lent. Get to know better and draw closer this Lent to our motherly, compassionate, protective and self-sacrificing Lord who longs to gather all of us under divine wings. Amen.